For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino and kyle krabs from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this tuesday edition of the show it is time for battle of the boards offensive prospect edition kyle let's get mean yes it's our third gear doing this i believe and it's time to compare notes we've made it to the finish line and generally speaking, Joe, I think we both did a nice job. I'm looking at our boards side by side, and I'm looking at our uh, rankings of the players based on tiers. I don't know if that's how you're choosing to actually. I can flip over and see how you're looking at it. You just want to see the differences. Yeah. Yeah, you, you got my names queued up. I'm going to be nice first. Oh, weird. Because as I look at the tiers, I have right now your board is listed offensive players only. We have a lot of similarities between first-round grades, a lot of similarities with second-round grades, a lot of similarities with third-round grades, and then it gets weird. And there's a whole lot of discrepancies, and uh, but that, that's kind of the nature. You get deeper in, and each one of us is going to pick up on different qualities on different players and value that separately. But, Joe, I would like to, to give you credit first. By and large, I think we did a nice job, and we, we see this field fairly similarly. With some exceptions. Um, are, are you going to body bag me right now? Because if man, not, I want to get the, I want to get the last positive thing out of the way if you're going to turn this negative. Yeah, go ahead and get the last positive. Okay, so we have a total of – let me make sure I get all of our similar prospects so I get an accurate count. Offensively, you and I watched 137 mutual offensive prospects. Okay. All right. If you expand right. what we didn't overlap with, there's more than that. There's like another 40. There was 137 that you and I both watched the same amount of players. Do you know what the average deviation was for those players? 137 of them on the offensive side of the football. I'll say 40. Average deviation? Yeah. 40. Four. Four? Four. Wow. I guess there's a lot of small numbers here that kind of, yeah. yeah. And there's, I mean, there's, there's 
big numbers on either end of the extremes. But generally speaking, 137. And the uh, the discrepancies add up, and it was an average discrepancy of four spots on the board different between 137 mutual prospects. So my question is, is that deviation from each other? Or if it's if you're seven spots higher and then I'm seven spots lower, does that cancel? Right, that, can, that cancels out. Okay, so I, when I was answering the question originally, I was taking it from the perspective of total deviation divided by no, 137. no. No, this is like net. Okay. All right. Well, then that's I I would have answered it differently. I don't think I would have got to four, though. Yeah, it's a pretty small number. Yeah. So go ahead, get rude. I know that's what you're here for, so. You know, because it's like the one time per year that I, you know, like that I unleash a little, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm ready to do it. Okay. I'm ready to do it. Um. All right. What pops here? I'm, okay, no, I'm going to start with something that's not a not a. I'm not going to cast a stone. Way to way to circle around on Garrett Bradbury, Kyle. Top 25 player on your board, number 25 overall. I was nervous, man. You you hit me. I know I know when you know that I like a player, and then you start watching the player, and you're, you're not seeing eye to eye. You take some jabs, maybe put some weird tweets out there that I know there's sub tweets at me. You know, share a film clip. Hey, I know Joe knows this guy. Let me show him doing some crap. Put it on the timeline. But you came around on Garrett Bradbury. Your original tweet to me, your original text to me, was that he was soft. And you found you found a way to put that soft into your offensive lineman at number 25 on your board. See, this is really passive-aggressive right now. <laughs> you're, you're complimenting me, but you're also not complimenting me. Right, I, that was I, amazing. You know what? I've said, I've said a number of times, the benefit and the area of personal growth for me that's been the most notable since working with the draft network is having so many people around you that you trust what they're looking at with football players. And you have to not assume you're the smartest person in the room, right? So if I give Garrett Bradbury a high three, because I think his anchor's soft and I don't think he's going to handle nose tackles one-on-one particularly well and everybody else of my respected football minds that I work with has Garrett Bradbury as a top 30 player then I need to go back and watch again and ask myself what did you miss the first time and Bradbury was a great example of that where if you eliminate the bias of what you expect that player to look like in a vacuum and you ask yourself okay assume he goes into the optimal scheme is he okay? And as long as he's got quality guard play on either side of him, he's going to be perfectly fine. That soft anchor will not be the problem that it could potentially be in a vacuum, depending on what you're asking him to do and how often you're isolating him. So trying to reshape the focus that I put Bradbury in to instead focus on optimal utilization kind of helped me get over some mental hurdles of him not necessarily being an interior offensive lineman that looks the way I would ideally like them to look in specific situations. I think that's a great point that you make, Kyle. And it's something that I have to do as well because I'll watch a quarterback or I'll watch a defensive back. Those are the two positions that really pop for me. And I don't necessarily like everything about them. But when you think about if they're used correctly, what does that mean for their evaluation? And and seeing them in that light, I think is very important. Um, although I don't know about Tyrone Prescott being a quality 
guard next to <laughs> Garrett Bradbury. But uh, we'll, there's nothing to say there. We both think he's terrible. All right, I'll, I'll let you I'll let you go now. Thanks, appreciate that. I appreciate you, Joe. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, wondering what the hell's going on with Joshua Jacobs as a top twenty player in this class. Whatever happened to Joe Marino being the one talking about <laughs> running backs and their value? And then in this class, Joshua Jacobs is a top 20 talent, and he is the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh best offensive prospect in this year's class. Sell me on this because I ain't Sounds lying. about right. <laughs> Sounds about right, brother. Makes a lot of sense based on what you're saying there. Yeah. Well, watch him play. I, I mean, I love his film. I love that he does everything you could ask a running back to do. He pass blocks. He catches the football inside, outside run. He finishes carries. He has elusive ability, good contact balance. I like, I like his vision. I think he's he has some things he can clean up there, but my goodness, I just think he's a total package at running back. And so uh, the fact that he enters the league with pretty low wear and tear on his frame being, you know, a, a backup at Alabama. I just think if you extrapolate the traits, you, you, you check all the boxes that I'm looking for in a running back. And so would I, would I take him in, in at 20 overall? I probably wouldn't. All right. That just being completely honest with you, just because of the positional value conversation. But I do think he's the 20th best prospect in this class. Okay. Uh, Henderson is my RB one and he's my 15th highest rated offensive prospect, regardless of position. You've got Josh Jacobs is the seventh best. Yes. Aggressive. It's aggressive. Okay. I mean, well, I think we'll, I think we'll feel very good about, I'll feel very good about him. I, landing spot's going to matter, but. Well, you, you told me yesterday he's going to Oakland, so. He's going to Oakland. Yeah. He, so he is. Yeah. I, he's going to do well there. I'm excited for that. I guess it's my turn, unless you're not satisfied with my response there. Well, I think we, I mean, Enkeel Harry's one we probably need to mention, right? I, and I don't hate not Enkeel Harry. He's a top 50 player in the class for me, but you have him as the 17th prospect in this class. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about him before, but what is, what, what, what should I believe? What should I be believing in more to have him at 17 where I have him at 46? Give me your two primary concerns. My my two primary concerns would be um, play speed and uh, releases. Okay, so the separation issue for you is more of a play speed concern than a than a route running concern, or is it more the route running? Uh, I'm looking at my notes on route running. Bill, I uh, stiffness in his upper body. Uh, took advantage of manufactured in col- uh, touches in college. Upright route runner. Um, not a true route salesman makes good adjustments on the flies, but I don't didn't think he was overly deceptive. And uh, yeah, concerns about his play speed releases uh, would like to see more urgency in his releases uh, relies on strength and size to beat pack 12 corners. But you know, there's going to be more nuance needed to win at the next level too many steps uh, at the line. So yeah, I just had kind of have concerns okay. about his all that. Yeah. So I think you're underselling his athletic ceiling a little bit from the sounds of what your, your concerns are, because I didn't think he was stiff. Uh, I didn't think he had the best movement economy at times, but that's more of a sloppiness and technique issue. And you talked about being a route salesman and too many steps at the line of scrimmage. He's got the necessary fluidity in his frame. As far as my opinion, that 
there is a very, very high untapped ceiling there. And I think the way that he wins with physicality and the ball skills that he has and the good hand-eye coordination and contest catch situations, I like him in those situations. So I think there's a role that he can fulfill right now, but it's what he can become. And I don't think he's as limited by the athletic profile as what it seems like you do. And that's why he's a player that that's high, much higher up for me. He's, we're 29 spots different on him. Uh, of all yeah. the players, of all players that we have first and second round grades on, Harry is the third biggest difference that we have. Uh, yeah, he is. Well, and that's why I, th- I mean, 29 is not a huge number, but I think 17 to 46 is something that pops when you talk about the difference in where we have him ranked. Sure. Whatever, uh, whatever happened to Riley Ridley here, Joe? <laughs> I'm looking at Riley Ridley, 68 overall on the board, and I'm yeah. surprised. I know he didn't test well. Are you giving him the Nikhil Harry treatment? Because we know Ridley's a great route runner. Well, yeah, I, I think I, I am a little bit. Uh, I wish he would have tested better, and, and that's the thing is I was looking for something with him to be that trump card and, like, no, the the modest production now good relative to Georgia's offense, but modest production overall, and then a, a, a combine that didn't go as well as I had thought. You know, those per, peripheral mes- metrics for me really bumped him down a little bit. So, um, I think a team should draft him at some point on day two. But you know, as a guy that I thought maybe was a fringe, you know, fringe top fifty type player, you went down a little bit for me. And he, I have him sixty eighth on the board. So, I mean. I'd still be okay with him being taken in that 50 to 75 range. Okay. I get to, I get to talk to you here. Let's talk about Elton Jenkins, uh, center from Mississippi state. I have him 51. You have him 128. That's a 77 slot discrepancy. You're not buying in the big man. I appreciate the fact that you can do all this quick math right now. Was what do you? I'm doing that, but were you looking for a shout out there because you made the spreadsheet? Yes. Well, Kyle made a spreadsheet that made this very easy for us to identify. Automatically calculated the discrepancies between. Yeah. The yeah. Because um, God knows I couldn't have done that in my head. 128 minus 51. That would have taken me a sec, but I could have got it. Um, it's not that I'm not buying him. I guess it just depends on what you think his ceiling is. I think he's a scheme specific starter at the next level. I don't think he's an all pro or a pro bowl type player specifically. Uh, so if you're going to put him in that kind of light, then yeah, we just don't agree with what his ceiling could be. I think he's, he's a plug and play type player. I think he, he's pretty maxed out as far as what his potential is. Um, didn't think he was the most mobile of the bunch. As far as you look at some of the other interior offensive linemen and the range that they have and the athleticism that they have and, didn't see that with Jenkins, and that's fine, but that's what makes him a, a scheme-specific guy for me, and that's why he's he's a little bit lower down for me. I have a fourth-round grade on El- Elkton Jenkins. Any rebuts? Um, yeah, you know, I, I I could see why he's a little bit more of a, a a player that you either buy into or not, and, and it's not that you don't buy into him. He's just not as much as I do. I, my biggest concern were like with, with him was his hand usage and that I thought he was a little bit delayed in getting those hands up. And I thought maybe if you put him at guard, you eliminate that problem if snapping is the problem. But I thought that um, he had enough movement skills, but I really bought into his power and his football intelligence. I thought he was a really smart football player, which is pretty easy, easy to identify on tape. 
So I feel like his his biggest concerns are all technical and can be improved. And I think he gives you enough mobility and, and a lot of power to be a, a quality starter, in my opinion. Okay. Let's talk about Ben Powers, Joe. Yeah. 167 for you, 75 for me. You don't think he's a starter at all then, huh? Um, yeah, I think he's a little overrated. Technically sound, good hands, mean streak that you're looking for. I just thought that, like, when you really watch him, like, does he have that much functional strength? Is he that overpowering? I didn't see that. thought he had limited mobility. Um, and, and so, like, those are two very important things. It's like in and of itself, mobility and power. And I wasn't necessarily buying into either one of those things at a high level for him. So I thought like technically he's pretty sound, but I, I thought he was really stiff on tape and didn't have the power. Maybe he thinks he has. And uh, I think it's just a matter of me not buying in as much on those two areas. And, how, and so I see him more as a backup. How are you going to question the power of a man named powers? Uh, watch his tape and, <laughs> and see that. he. It's just a wordplay. Don't get too depressed yeah. because I don't think that was his his um the the trait that he would hang his hat on either. But, but I, he would tell you that he would tell you that, and he has told us that. Well, I think it's more of the mentality piece of it, of the tenacity that he brings at the point of attack. And I thought he checked enough boxes. I thought he was like at least baseline in all areas across the board. So that for me makes me comfortable with you as a potential starter at the next level. Where if you don't think he meets those thresholds in athletic strength, that's just a difference in opinion that we have. But for me, like, I see a guy and I'm like, I'm okay with how much he brings here. I'm okay with how much he brings here. He is technically proficient. I love the mentality that he brings. That's a potential starter for me at the next level. I also kind of bought into two other things with him that that push him down. Number one, this – this Oklahoma offensive line is, is really good as a unit, a very good unit. And I thought like, I thought it's one of those situations where as a unit, they are better than, in, than they are as individuals. And I, I you know, the, the level of competition thing, you know, I really thought when he had to play Bama, I thought he wasn't the same type of player. So I don't know. It's sure. But he's also going against like, two top 10 picks on the interior. Yeah, I get that. And it's a huge, you know, a bunch of guys that are not going to play football beyond big 12 to, you know, first round picks, high first round picks. I get that. I just, I don't know. I thought he was kind of average at the senior bowl. I don't know. I thought he was a little overrated. Yeah. Apparently he thought he was a lot overrated putting him 167. Yeah. he's. A, I mean, to me, he's a middling guard <laughs> prospect. Makes sense to me for him to be right there. You're not buying the. You're not drinking the Cajal uh, Warring Kool Aid quite as much I am, as I am. I, am. I like Cajal Warring. There's going to be players that you're going to do this to me too, and I'm going to hate it too because it's going to be like I like that player. I don't, you know, you I just like, like him, him too much. What, I like him for what he is. I'm not going to say that you like him too much. I have yeah. a 138, right? So it's not like I hate him. I have a fourth round grade on him, so it's not like I hate him. I think he's really raw as far as his uh, receiving skills and route running and. It's understandable. He only, I believe he only played one year of high school football before he walked on at San Diego State yeah. and turned it into a football scholarship. He's a really good blocker right out the shoot. And he's got some natural flashes with his ball skills that like he has a natural knack for receiving. And you can tell he's, he's comfortable 
catching the football, but from the nuanced point of view, I just think he's got a little bit of development behind him because he was a late bloomer. He started late. So I like his potential, but I'm not going to put him up on a pedestal because of what he quote unquote could be, because I don't think he's an elite physical talent. I think you can get him into your, your rotation and he can get snaps as a blocker pretty quickly, but he's several years away as far as I'm concerned for being an every down player that you feel really good about as a receiving tight end. That's all. Yeah. To me, I think it's, I, I did buy in a little more like, I did give him the benefit of the doubt because I did see so much growth for a player. That's, like you said, played one year of high school football, but played a bazillion other sports in high school. I just think there's a natural competitive side to him, a natural athletic ability. And it showed up enough for me in flashes on tape for me to get really excited about like, okay, if this continues to evolve, I think he could be really, really, really solid. So, um, I mean, I have a third round grade on him. What is he? 60 something on my board, 65. So I, I like him. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's not that you don't like him. It's just you're a little more cautious. You want to talk about tight ends that we've got a problem with? Let's talk about Elise Mack. Okay, hey, what's the eighty-eight for me and two hundred five for Joe Marino? What you have him where? Eighty-eight. Oh no! Yeah. All right, I need to pull up my notes on him now. Let's see what the uh, heck's going on here. I mean, don't even trust the the first thought that comes in your head. You got to check yourself just in case I check you back. Yeah, um, lack of uh, lack of play strength. Let me see. Is that what I noted here? Yeah, I got my report up here. Uh, terrible blocker. I don't think he gives you anything as a blocker. Mm, all right. Uh, do you disagree with that? Go ahead. Continue. Um, flashy receiving skill set. Yeah. Um, just seeing this as more of a sub package player. Like his receiving skill set. But you, I just don't think there's any balance to him at all. Okay, so you thought he was completely one-dimensional. Yes. Where'd you put Caden Smith? Much if, lower. If, if, I was going to say, if you put Caden Smith above Elise Mack, I'm hanging up the call, and we're done here. I, I don't think I did, but let's let's find out if we're still doing a podcast together. You have him above Gentry. That's all right. Caden Smith. Yeah, you can control F it and we can. 207. Very. <laughs> very close, sir. You think Elise Mack and his receiving skill set is two spots better on your big board? Better than Caden Smith? I think Caden's. Did, if. You must think Caden Smith's a good receiving prospect too, huh? I think he has very, very good hands and ball skills. Yeah. Okay. Can he ever get open? That's going to be a real challenge can for him. He, can he block? Not really. Okay. So he's got good hands. I'm talking about two players I have in the 200, so you're not going to be pounding the table for much Holy they can do. shit, man. You think Elise Max two players better than Caden Smith? We're <laughs> fighting, but that's fine. All right. Don't get me started. On Academically ineligible in 2016, suspended for the bowl game in 2017. Got red flags here, man. Right, but are you deducting for red flags? Or are you grading them on tape? You know when I when I see those red flags, and I and I also see a guy that has the frame to block but can't block. It's, it's the kind of stuff that speaks to me a little bit. 
All right, go ahead. You're up. And he had a big draw. He had a big drop problem too. 2017. We'll see here. What years? Right. What years is it now? 2018, Kyle. Oh, well, it's technically 2019, but okay. Jeez. Oh well, the 2018 season is what we're talking about. Oh, okay. Good. Uh, what do you like so much about Penny Hart, man? <laughs> you yeah. got him 86. I've got him 226. Yeah, you see him in the Senior Bowl. I did. Yeah, you couldn't cover him at Senior Bowl. Right. So excuse me that I'm going to buy in on the upside of a slot receiver like Penny Hart who showed that he can run phenomenal routes at the Senior Bowl, and I'm not going to put a ton of stock into his film at Georgia State where the quarterback couldn't hit the broad side of a barn, so he left some production on the field. Said everything I need to know. You're not going to put much stock in his game tape. I mean, relative to what I saw at the Senior Bowl, and when I, yeah, see, I did, yeah. when I see that he is capable of running routes, and he runs routes, but they tried to use him all over the place. He's a slot only, right? So if you're going to extrapolate the slot reps for him, you get much more excited about what he can be versus if you take his full body of work. Pocket rocket gadget player. Top 100 grade for Kyle Krabs. Yeah, he's a fun player. Yeah. How about Danelle Green? Let's talk about Danelle Green. Let's make friends here. Good player, right? Yeah. Why are we talking about him more? Yeah. Nobody's super talking about powerful. Danelle Green. Now we are. Um, yeah, he was He was a, a like a, a pleasant surprise. I did him and Paul Adams, another tackle uh, nobody's talking about. Uh, I thought they're really, really powerful dudes and uh, have enough mobility, enough uh, footwork to – to potentially be a starter in time. I mean, I think certainly mid-round draftable guard or tackle prospect. Good. That that was I extended an olive branch. That's all I wanted. Oh, okay. So am I back? Yeah. All right. Let's see here. What do you want to get into? Um. Hmm. We probably should talk about David Edwards. Yeah, big discrepancy here. Big, 150 spots, man. Yeah, and you, you I just think he's trash. Well, I, I I liked him a lot going into 2018, and then I did not like his tape this past year. Yeah, I didn't get any better, right? Mm-hmm. Which is concerning, certainly so. But you also have to remember that he came into high school or came out of high school as a high school quarterback and then played uh, tight end and then went to offensive tackle. So he's fresh still. He's still green. There's still room to grow. Now, do you want to see him grow, especially at Wisconsin, with the pedigree that they have? Yes, but that's why I've even dropped off of David Edwards versus where I was at the beginning of the season. So I have him 76. I have a a late three on him. Uh, Actually, more of a mid three as I look at the full range of, of numbers here. So mid three on David Edwards, I think there's a lot to work with there, but if you're going to look at his progression from 2017 to 2018 and see that it went nowhere and he's stale and stagnant, then I can understand why you're completely out and why you're selling. Yeah. I, this one sentence from my summary is kind of concerning. It says, while there's some notable power in his frame is chronic waist bending, erratic set points and pass protection, tight hips, Heavy feet present restrictions, and so I'm nervous. I'm nervous that he's he's peaked 
a little bit. He's more of a backup. So like his like his power, man. I do. Yeah, I he's do. fun in the I, run game. He really is. He he kicks ass in the run unless, game. Unless unless he's going against Anthony Nelson. Yeah, those two games were really fun to watch. <laughs> both of the Iowa games. Some of the funnest games. Yeah, I mean, uh and, and Nelson gets the best of him every once in a while too, but for the most part, man. But Nelson was the only like the games against Wisconsin were the only games in which Nelson like looked flexible, you know, like, <laughs> he turned the corner on David Edwards, but he couldn't turn the corner against anybody else. No, but he turned yeah, like weird. super tight corners when he was going against that. Yeah. Some of the most unbelievable plays I've ever seen from a guy that's six. What is he? Almost six, eight, six, seven. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Let's talk about divine Zigbo draft dudes, alumni. Yeah. The disrespect. What what is what's the discrepancy? Because I know I didn't like him as much as you. Uh, I have him eighty two. You have him one fifty. Okay. Um, Looks like he had a five on him, right? Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I I thought he was a little more segmented than I wanted him to be. Uh, didn't see the agility, elusiveness, good power, good speed, balance. Love those things. Um, didn't I thought there was some variance on passing downs as both a blocker and a receiver. And um, and then you kind of go back to the fact that like, hey, this is a one year producer, didn't get that senior bowl of um, and um, didn't get the combine either. You know, and so um, kind of subscribing to some of those concerns and, and just thinking that, hey, maybe this is more of just a complimentary power back than a guy that's more multifaceted um, with a, a plus skill set. Across the board, I think he's a little bit of a niche complimentary back. Yeah. Or you're you're subscribing into more, it sounds like. Yeah, I think he's a player that I like him a lot in the inside zone. And running backs are hard, right? Because you, know, you can get production from a lot of different types of backs stepping into a lot of different types of roles. And Devine's a guy who I trusted his footwork enough and his patience that he showed in the development that he offered uh, going into two th- from 17 to 2018 that in an inside zone type system where he doesn't have to press for the edge, but he can make lateral cuts. He's very balanced and upright. And I love his play strength uh, in the hole when he's contacted. And he's not necessarily got to be a guy who hits a ton of home runs, but I think he can be a consistent contributor and a starter at the next level. And because I subscribe to him being a starter, he's a guy that's, higher up on my board versus being a rotational guy like you feel he is. Is there anybody when you look at our board that we're, we're like both low on that maybe the consensus would be surprised by? Mm, that's a good question. Let's find out. I'm looking at it right now. Kayla McGarry. Yeah. Like I see him mocked in the first round and I'm floored. I'm a lot lower on them than you are, but we're both low. What's the, do you have the numbers? Uh, you have them 102. I have them 201. Oh, man. Someone's going to take him on day two, huh? He's a hot mess, though. He really is. Really funky player. And we both don't like Titus Howard. Right. Who's getting some love, too, man. Also, very just, it's either going to go really well for you or really bad. And if it goes really well, it's probably going to take you a little time to get there. 
I feel like there's got to be like a we, we've got to have like standards in terms of like play strength and body control. <laughs> and that's not just, to, and it's not to say that he can't get there, right? He played at right. Alabama State's, like that's fine. But if you're going to jump this high at like the athletic, the raw athleticism that he has, you hear guys all the t- all the time, former offensive linemen talking about they don't care if you're a great athlete, they want you to be a great technician. And Howard's got he offers me none of that. What else stands out to you, sir? That we're both haters on? Or just anything, really. Well, hold on. I'm looking for... You got me looking for us both being haters now. I don't like being on opposite teams as you. Well, because it's, it's nitpicking a little bit. Man, we both don't like Greg Little. 111 and 157, respectively. Right, right. You like him a little more than me. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Someone's going to take him high, too, oh. aren't they? You dropped real hard off Isaac Nauta, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. That dude looked me in the eye, told me he was going to run 4-6. He lied straight to your face, Joe. Right to my face, brother. Do you think they just had, like, faulty stopwatches in Georgia or what? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Dude looked me square in the eyes. I wrote a nice piece about him, you know? Yeah. He goes out there, runs, what do you run, 4-9? 4-9, yeah. Oh, my God. That wasn't good. Yeah, I mean, uh, other than that, I mean, we could talk about Gardner Minshew, but we've already talked about Gardner. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I don't think he can play. I thought Brett and you Ripley, said I was too hard on him for something. I think he's got a better arm than you give him talent for. I thought a lot of his issues really stem from the system. Now, well, granted, that's our, granted for quarterback, that's a problem, but... <laughs> That's our biggest discrepancy on an offensive prospect, 163 spots different. Yeah. And it's not even like I'm super high on him. Like, he's not even in my top 100. He's 104 for me. You do not like James Williams. Uh, yeah, I mean. I mean, I have 129, so I'm not, like, I feel like in that's love a pretty easily easy to replicate skill set. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not fawning over a strictly speaking receiving back. I thought he had terrible vision as a ball carrier. This is your new thing, Kyle. What's that? Your, your thing is easy to re- replicate skills. And I agree with you to an extent, like slot receivers and, and pass catching running backs. I agree with you that it, they should not be hard to replicate, but how many of them are truly like doing it? If it's so easy, why aren't there more guys that were like, Oh, this is an ex- a really ex- especially good pass catcher at running back. Because teams don't run their offense through their backs. It's interesting. We'll have to debate that over the summer at some point. Yeah, it's going to be a good series. Yeah. Any parting thoughts on offense? Um. I don't know, man. It's uh it's a weird year for offense. The man, I'm still looking at these rankings. Are we are weird. We are funky different on a lot of these quarterbacks, these middling quarterbacks. Um No, I mean, I think I think you said it best when you said like our our average deviation is 4. So even if there were big swings like you know, where you're way higher on a guy or I'm way higher on a guy, it wind up balancing out really really well. Mm-hmm. So I think that's my big takeaway other than we have a few arguments. Yeah, and you know what? 
we each have no first-round quarterbacks. We have three second-round quarterbacks. We have one fourth or third-round quarterback. We each have uh, three fourth-round quarterbacks. We each have one fifth-round quarterback. So, like, our tiers are the same. We just have some different valuations of the players along the way. Who's the one player I didn't do that you wish I did? On all offensive spots? Yeah. I wish you would. I'll answer it while you do that. I wish you would have done Johnny Dixon from Ohio State because I thought there was, like, untapped potential there that I, I just – I'm subscribing to his ceiling. I think I have him – where do I have him? I have him 178, which – I mean, you did 300, almost 350 guys. Yeah. And I, I just, I think there's something there, man. I think he's got untapped potential that we're going to see unleashed in the NFL. Okay, so one offensive guy I wish you would have done. Yep. Probably Keenan Brown, the tight end from Texas State. Really? Yeah. What he's, is What's the deal with him? He's interesting. He's got some Charles Clay vibes to him. Not not Charles Clay in that last play against uh, Miami. Yeah, you really, not that to, one. you really hate to see the guy drop wide open touchdown in the end zone. Well, think think about the implications. If if Charles Clay catches that football and the Bills beat the Dolphins, where the Dolphins are picking what in the top ten, right? They're probably picking a Buffalo spot. Yeah, picking a nine. You're you can get a, you're gonna you're talking about Haskins and Locke, maybe. I don't want Haskins and Locke. Joe. So maybe it was the best thing that ever happened, right? You're out best of the conversation. It's meant to be. I think that's going to do it for offense battle of the boards. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed. We, we played fairly nice today, Joe. Yeah. A little too nice. So does, does that mean you're bringing the hurt tomorrow? Maybe I have to look at the, at the boards and see. <laughs> it's the, it's like the end of the first day of the draft. The draft is over. Everybody gets a chance to recheck their boards, kind of re recalculate a game plan for the rest of the, the week. And we'll go from there. So we're going to go from there. We'll be back tomorrow with the defensive side of the board, battle of the boards. I'm Kyle Krabs at Grind and Tape with Joe Marino at the Joe Marino. Thanks as always for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.